Welcome back to We Muse Aloud, a podcast where anonymous voices share their thoughts on a theme within a dreamscape of music and ambient sound. You may have noticed that this episode has reached the internet a day behind schedule, and for that, you have our apologies. We've always been prompt, and this will hopefully be merely a temporal anomaly. This episode is about dancing. For as far back as we have knowledge of ourselves, humans have moved their bodies to music. Alone, with a partner, or in large groups. This time, our contributing voices range from professional dancers to someone who would prefer not to dance at all, if it's all the same to you. We Muse Aloud is best enjoyed with headphones and a cat. Or two. Or two. And now, episode 7. Dancing. Years ago, I probably would have said I'm a contemporary dancer, but then those words are really loaded. English is a really loaded, often vulgar language. So you hear contemporary and you think of someone on a stage looking really melodramatic, flipping a partner around or if you were to even use the word modern, you'd think of someone on a floor with a sheet <laughs> writhing around. So the type of dance that I do is called the Lindy Hop. Um, it's more commonly referred to as swing dancing. I, I feel more comfortable uh, categorizing myself as a martial artist because um, it's very clear cut that uh, I've, I have done that. I've you know, achieved certain goals in that. I, I continue to do that. Uh, whereas dancer, it is something that I do, but I haven't had, um, I guess, formal training. I've done workshops, I've, I've taken classes, I've performed in it, but it's, uh, as far as uh, identifying myself as, like, I, I do feel a little, it, it feels a little tricky for me. Um, well, there's two, the main one is burlesque, but there's two different uh, kind of approach is the wrong word, but um, I guess styles that I, I do, you know, I have the the routines that I choreograph and that, so that's all planned out. It often is involving hula hooping. Um, so all of that is very, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole plan. Um, I know what's happening pretty much from start to finish. And then there's what I do at the Painted Lady every Saturday, which is all improvised. And it's more of a go-go dancing type of thing, which when I started doing that, it was like my dream come true. I'm like, I just get paid to dance to music. Um, great. I'm not into dancing. Uh, um, I have danced. Um, I think what what it is for me is uh, I need a form. I need us like I need to be taught a dance with a piece of music in order to um, enjoy myself and enjoy it. Uh, and I also have to know the song beforehand if I'm even going to attempt to dance. And it's all about the setting. If you find me at a wedding, I'm, you might find me dancing, mainly because there's songs that everybody knows at weddings. Um, but if you bring me to a club or if you drag me to some sort of dancing crowd where there's, uh, you know, um, uh, electronic music going, and I like electronic music. I will stand there in the crowd 
and just listen. And I, I almost feel like I'm obligated to dance. Everybody's looking at you, perhaps not. But uh, I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm perfectly fine standing here. I'm not really fine standing here because everybody else is dancing, but I'm enjoying the music and I'd rather just sit still and enjoy it that way. So uh, I don't know how I would, um, I always describe it a little bit different and I've been doing it um, really professionally since the end of my teenage years and I'm 31 now and I've never come up with a good answer for that. I've actually, I think uh, my obsession with movement and the human body and liberating it from um, its urban environment that we've come to know it in um, has been synonymous with me leaving the term dance. And I think dance is beautiful, but I think it's been, it's been very, it's, it's been sort of colonized our, our idea of it, you know? Um, it's hard, I think, without sounding really, um, you know, sort of hippy-dippy about it. I, I really think uh, everyone, um, that there's no way that we aren't all of us dancers in, in some way when you really open up. Um, uh, I don't know, there's something about the mindlessness of that that I'm not into, that other people, like, they love that, and I try not to uh, be snobby about it, but, like, they, um, just, like, letting loose is not something I enjoy at all. So, so that's very, um, it's totally unstructured. I'm in control of how long I do it for. Like, I can go up for three songs. I can go up for half an hour. Uh, it just depends on, on the music. There's still a striptease involved in it. Um, but it's, it's fun. I mean, an improvised burlesque is nerve-wracking when you're not used to it, but it's made me a better performer and a better dancer. And, you know, just being, I have to be so in, in tune with the music. It's, you know, it feels a bit like cheating if it's songs that I know really well, because um, it looks like I've, I've planned something. Um, but then there's songs that I don't know that well, or I don't know what's going to come next, and I just need to be really in tune with the music. And so that, that's really, that's cool. And that's, I guess, because I do it every single week, that would be the main type of, of dancing that I do. Uh, it is primarily a partner dance, which is led and followed, which means that the lead in the partnership, traditionally the man, um, leads the movement and the follower, traditionally the woman, follows the movement. Um, so you're very engaged with, with each other and engaged with the music and it's done to uh, jazz music, mostly big band of the 30s and 40s. I, I do believe we all had a natural introduction into dance, I think kids sort of naturally go on trips that adults later take drugs <laughs> and need shamans to take them on. Uh, yeah, we take drugs and shamanic trips now to, to, to get to where we would have naturally with the body. So there's that natural training where a child is just alone in a room or out in nature and they're just going nuts with all this hyper chemical energy. Uh, it was through theater uh, doing uh, a contact improv show where I realized that a lot of elements of uh, contact improv were elements of uh, takedowns and throws in, uh, in stand-up uh, stand fighting forms. 
And so instead of uh, ruthlessly hurting the person, disabling their, their joints, limbs, and, and skeletal structure, you can just sort of gracefully, uh, you know, with your alignment and weight and gravity, just place them in different places or around you in space instead of really taking them out. Uh, I kind of came to it as a fluke. Um, a friend of a friend had gotten into it and she invited me and my friend out on a Saturday night. This was the first Saturday um, in January of 2012 to a, um, a beginner lesson and a social dance on a Saturday night. And um, I totally thought it was something I would just do one time and then never do again. But I ended up just loving it. So I signed up for weekly classes. I started going out fairly regularly on Saturday nights and this thing that I just thought would be a fluke has ended up becoming a really big important part of my life. Well I was in theater school at the time and one of my roommates uh, approached me and she said she was starting a burlesque troupe. She knew I was interested in, in dance and obviously in performance because that's what I was studying. So she just put it out there. She's like, oh, would you? is this something you'd be interested in? So. I wasn't sure, but I was definitely intrigued. Um, I went to the first meeting and, you know, kind of got a feel for what, what their plan was and what type of stuff they wanted to do. And I thought, you know, this is a good opportunity for me to perform as a dancer. I don't have any kind of extensive dance training. It's something I wish I had done when I was younger. Like when I see professional dancers, I just am filled with this like longing, like, ah, oh, why? Like I wish that could be me, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, I watch um, uh, So You Think You Can Dance, like almost religiously. Um, and I think all, a lot of new stuff is coming out from there. Like I think there's really great new choreographers and young choreographers doing things with just new music that's coming out, just even pop music, rock music. They'll bring old music, experimental music, and they'll just do contemporary stuff or they'll put jazz on it or they'll put some sort of form on it. Or just like a theme, like uh, new shoes or something. And, uh, and you know, they're, they're all just, they're dancing with their shoes, looking at their shoes. Uh, looking at each other's shoes, grabbing each other's shoes, just like fun, weird things like that. And I mean, you can train as an adult, but just people who've been doing it since they were young, there's just stuff their bodies can do that I know I would never be able to achieve. So, um, but burlesque, really, I saw it as a way and like, okay, I can, one, I can learn to dance from the, uh, the other girls had all been dancing since they were young and just wanted to kind of take a different different route with it so I got to like be involved in all of that and learning the choreography and um, so that just really appealed to me and it still does you know and like I get I get paid to dance something I thought I never would you know be able to do. My first first um, images watching it would be people from my community pretty much everyone in my community is sort of half-breed and um, dance is a wild part of, of their existence. It sort of kind of looks like Métis jigging the way the folks dance, but it I wouldn't call us exactly Métis. Um, so dancing with my mom, cleaning the house is, is definitely the beginnings. Um, my dad taking me to powwows. There were two things that initially really attracted me to doing Lindy Hop. Uh, first off, it, I just, I loved the fact that it wasn't choreographed, that um, the dancing you were doing is based on your partnership and based on whatever is happening in the music at that time. I thought that was really cool. 
Um, and then the other thing is that uh, I love jazz music. When I was in high school, I played in the jazz band, uh, I played the saxophone, and I was like really into big band music. Um, you know, that was like the late 90s, and there was like this huge revival of like uh, jazz music and swing dancing. Um, and that actually, that revival is kind of what is still alive in the scene that I'm a part of today. I think working on working on theater projects um, where I got a chance to, I guess, sort of uh, come up with ideas to, to bring into to rehearsal um, really, uh, I guess, sort of really gave me purpose or license to, to work at home on my own moving. And I think because of that, I, I really realized that uh, that, that was that was something that that really meant something to me. I really enjoyed it. It was really uh, um, it really made me feel alive and good in, in so many ways. And and then I realized that I I kept doing things along those lines when I didn't have projects. I would move uh, on my own at home in the dark or, or with music, without music, uh, sober or drunk. Um, so yeah, it really. Um, I guess it slowly caught on as a thing that I was allowed to do without a purpose, and I think that was a that was a really big difference. Grade, I think it was for. Uh, I think they made everyone do this. It was like folk dancing, a folk dancing thing, and um, I believe it was for a big community thing. We did it at Scarborough Civic Center, so it was many schools involved. But uh, we, I remember, we, it was all Bob Bob Marley songs. And we had choreography, kind of, we had some partnering, um, which was great. We had a uniform, like, uh, I remember ye yellow skirts, I don't know. You didn't have fake dreads on. No, 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 it wasn't, oh my God. No, it wasn't that bad. It was very, it was very all about like one love, like the kind of peaceful type thing and uh, just uh, finding community, I guess. The community in the Lindy Hop scene is a really integral part of the dance. Um, so a big part of the dance is social dancing, not just doing choreographies or competitions. Um, so a social dance is where you go out and there's either a live band or a DJ and people just ask each other to dance. So I made a lot of friends both through the classes that I took. I was taking weekly classes for years and also just through social dancing. And you know, there's generally alcohol available. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a whole community of people, um, both in this city and then also um, in different cities around the world. And you all kind of get to know each other. Like, you know, um, there, are, yeah, there are big events that happen all over North America that people travel to for um, workshops and social dancing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's big. 17, I moved to Toronto and went to the School of Toronto Dance Theater. And then, um, started um, working with um, a company right out of school, um, Kahawi Dance Theatre, Santee Smith, and was a founding member with their company. And then sort of worked half the time with Indigenous artists, Indigenous dance companies, and then sort of Western normative um, uh, dance companies. Very sort of mainstream, actually, in Toronto, and then was based sort of between Toronto and Vancouver and 
other places I've been based I've been based in uh, Berlin for some time and um, London I had an accident um, about four or five years ago and shattered my um, clavicle into dozens of pieces really traumatic actually and uh, yeah through a really lengthy surgery in Vancouver picking out all these bones above um, my lungs <laughs> and that was real the, the real um, pain of the thing yeah yeah it was just cutting all this soft tissue so I really didn't think I'd dance again um, but the body has remarkable healing ability especially through the practice of dance so I uh, um, I went to uh, the conservatoire in London um, the Laban Center and retrained um, physically and got a master's there and danced with a, with a company there at the same time and yeah. If I'm training for a competition, um, then, you know, it's several hours a week. So, um, like, let's say a year ago, I was doing a lot of competing. So I had classes for two hours a week. I had um, at least one weekly practice with my team. Um, I was often doing private lessons with um, a, a former international teacher, you know, once every month or so. Um, and then plus going out social dancing a couple of times a week. Um, and I think that when you're really into it, you start to think about it a lot, just as you're like going throughout your day. I, I think, uh because I've studied so many different types of physical practice now, um, just in my everyday life when I move, I'm, I move between people on the street. Um, I'm, I'm anticipating uh, people's intentions, where they want to go, um, analyzing where my weight is on my body, uh, what's tense, what's not, uh, what's fluidic, and also what feels good. Um, my, uh, my day job as a, a waiter and bartender, I'm constantly contorting my body. I, I have to take care of my body. I have to stretch. Um, but I will, I'll definitely have uh, moments where like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm dancing through people uh, while I'm serving tables. I had to go through all these kind of extra steps to, to keep up with the other girls. But, um, so, but in terms of kind of my, my solo approach to burlesque, it's really just been just doing it, you know. I mean, of course, watching lots and seeing a lot of different types of shows and um, kind of learning some of the more classic moves that way. But, you know, yeah, I definitely didn't go to like to a class and like, okay, these are the ABCs of like, this is what you do with your boa, you know. And there are, when we have a festival, um, the burlesque festival, there are um, some of the headliners and performers from the States and you know, um, they'll do they'll do a workshop on something kind of specific, and I've I've done things like that here and there, because um, it's cool to get a perspective from outside of the city. So, um, but yeah, it's a lot of it. Uh, well, and I mean, hula hoop. I've taken hula hoop classes too. So um, that, but then even with that, I kind of started making up stuff, like figuring out ways to take off. You know, how do I take off a corset while I'm hula hooping? And I, you know, that's I just figure it out. I just that's what I love about doing hula hooping and burlesque is figuring out ways to to do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen some really great um, experimental um, 
uh, theater with movement and um, like tape recordings. I had this one person who just, uh, this actress who was just spinning on their tippy toes. I don't know the term, but they were just spinning for about four to five minutes. Uh, it was very intense and the um, recording that was going on were people talking about how tired they were of bombings and war and they just kept saying how tired they were, how tired and like the, the that was like the theme and after five minutes you, you start to really feel it, watch, just watching her, just going around and around and around. It was a really formative moment um, where I was at a powwow, I don't know which age, under 10 years old and um, saw an elder die in the powwow, which, um, yeah, <laughs> un unbelievably formative. Um, during during grand entry, or not long after grand entry, so you, you here's a, a guy likely surrounded by um, all of his family coming in. Maybe he's got some nieces that are gonna be jingle dancing throughout the thing or whatever, but they're all, kind of fairly proximate in, in the in giant circle and blazing sun plus 30 degrees. And, uh, and you know, he, and when you watch the elders dance, they're, it's like you're watching this spirit in a, in a ping pong machine, like a ball bounce around in the body, but the body's more quiet, but, the spirit is so much more open and realized when someone reaches their, their elder years. So he just dropped like marionette strings cut from a puppet. It was unbelievably uh, gorgeous. It, it's really the type of death, I think, <laughs> you, anyone um, would really ask for. I've never seen anything so beautiful, actually. Just going around and around and around and around, and around, and around, and around. You don't, I mean, you wanna be able to analyze what you're doing and understand uh, where you are in space and, and uh, you know, I, I guess more in, in dance, what your body looks like, what kind of forms you're making, um, and also in martial arts, what kind of forms you're making because there are certain advantages and disadvantages um, depending on what shapes or what stance, um, what, how your weight's distributed. But at the same time, you also don't want to be thinking about that. You want to, you want that to be running in the background, and you want to just be able to react. In in terms of a let and follow dance, like Lindy Hop is pretty. So you can have in a partner dance like closed position or open position, where you're just kind of connected by your two hands, or like or even one hand, like my right hand typically and my leader's left hand, although that's not always the case. Um, and within that, within Lindy Hop, there's a, you're, the follower has a lot of freedom. So sometimes, you know, if you're with a, a good leader, you can also lead some of the movement and they have a good enough connection with you that they can pick up on that and that they'll listen to that. But then also, even with, if you're staying just within the movements that your leader is moving, you have a lot of freedom to like play with your footwork or to do variations, um, to, you know, be more expressive of yourself and of the music. For me, it's definitely the, the creative freedom is number one. And it's something I think that it really sets it apart from other, other types of performing. Um, I mean, of course, anyone 
if you're an actor or a, you know, uh, you know, contemporary dancer, you know, you can, of course, create your own work and people do it all the time, but there's just something about just having a, you know, having a concept of just like, or like, or even like, oh, I love, I love this song. I heard this song and I, I love it. I want to, I want to do a piece to it. And just being able to do that and then telling, you know, a producer that I know that I work with, be like, hey, I have this new act I want to do. And they're like, cool, yeah, we'll put it on the show. And it's really as simple as that. Once you've kind of proven yourself in the scene, you, you can get booked. And that's a great freedom where I'm just like, oh, like I have this idea and I love it, but who's going to watch it? And I'm like, well, someone, someone will. And just being able to create all of the elements myself. You know, I'm like, I decide what I'm wearing. I decide what the, the concept is, if there's a character, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that, um, yeah, it's uh, that's it's just so much fun, and um, with the hula hooping too, like it adds this other element. I actually, when I first started taking more, you know, conventional Western classes, was um, at um, a performing art high school in Sudbury, where I spent my teenage years, and I was experimenting being an actor. And my biggest pet peeve was watching actors who are brilliant on stage, you know, cognitively brilliant voice and mind and sort of gestural center, sort of chest up and just look. They had rigor mortis in the rest of their bodies. And man, I really friggin' hope I don't look like that on stage. So I started taking um, some, some dance classes and, and then even still right away, I was like, man, this is just shit. Dancers are airheads. <laughs> they don't think about anything. This isn't art. They're at best the paint that the artist is using. It was really just one teacher that um, that took me to see some contemporary work, the Danny Grossman Company, in um, in North Bay at the Capitol Theater. And then I was like, "Wow, this stuff! This is real expressive potential." And then I I thought, "Man, like movement can is just the embodiment of the whole thing. You're you're the canvas, the paint, the color, the living, breathing instrument of the." of the art and then um, I really stuck to that for the last sort of 13, 14 years. Uh, the only school dances I remember, the, the only time I would actually go on the floor is if it was like a slow dance and you would find, you know, someone you like or just friends who um, you, you might like or something like that you would dance to. It would all be slow dancing or, um, and at my time, you know, we were, uh, um, we all had our pants at our knees and uh, I don't even remember what type of music it was uh, who let the dogs out like who knows like stuff like that um, I have this this vision of you with your pants <laughs> with everybody with their pants down slow dancing to who let the dogs out fucking school were you at? There have been times when I've been really frustrated, like, because I didn't have a lot of formal dance training, um, doing turns and spins was really hard for me. Like, that's something that, you know, obviously people practice a lot because it's not something that's particularly natural for your body. So I had to practice that a lot. So that was initially something that was very frustrating to me. Of course, I still, if it doesn't go how I want it, I still have that little, like, Oh, I wish I could do it again. I'm not really a big fan of um, structure. Um, 
I find that I, I'm horrible at uh, um, types of dance like like waltzing or foxtrot or tango or. Um, and still now, I wouldn't say that now I'm sort of at a state where, um, you know, I think I can have like a decent, enjoyable dance with most people um, that's at least not like wildly embarrassing. <laughs> you know, like I would say like I don't suck anymore. I know I don't suck anymore. I don't think I'm great. I don't think I suck anymore. Um, but for the most, for the most part, I tend to feel, you know, especially for the bigger shows, like I put a lot of, of time and, and effort into rehearsing leading up to it and um, and it, it usually it, it typically pays off and then again just remembering like people aren't going to notice a little a little slip up or something like that so um, so I wouldn't say I beat myself up really any more about it but there definitely were frustrations along the way especially I would say around the like one or two years in um, where I wanted to be able to do more complicated things, but I really had to like get past some some hurdles in order to do that. Where I feel dissatisfied with what I'm doing is where I've, I've caught myself get locked into a form and, and where I felt like I've um, played to a situation. Or um, even, even basic choreographies uh, sometimes will, I can learn it and then get to a point where I'm, I, I feel free uh, moving with it, but um, just uh, moving as a meditation, moving, um, moving a, as a form of, of, of almost being uh, an animal in that I'm not, I'm not thinking in the same ways that I, I'm, I'm thinking in a day-to-day in a -day basis when I'm dealing with the rest of the world. When I'm dealing with people, I, I can really um, channel into, I, I don't know if primitive form is, is the right word for it, but in some ways it almost feels like that, where I can, I can just be hyper aware of, of my body and my senses and uh, just almost feel myself go into a trance. I'm really interested in the average person um, investigating their, their body, and that for me is, is totally paramount in, in, in those situations. I think when you're faced with it in a really traditional way, with a proscenium, with an audience, those are the most moving moments. Those are the moments that speak to everyone. When you see a story in someone's body come out, uh, you feel your own stories happen. And when, and when dance is very open, um, it, it allows you to come in and make up your own stories, which I think th those are the, the, the bits of art I like the most. I like the power in minimalism. I think for me definitely the next thing would be, would be trying to travel more with performing. Um, just to get out there and see what other the scene is like in other places and just yeah, to be able, I mean, traveling is something I've, I've become kind of more and more interested in over, I mean, I've always been interested in it, but it's always been a dream in the back of my mind is like to be able to travel and, and perform. And certainly with something like burlesque, it, it feels more accessible. Um, I have sort of ever shifting goals with it. Like, um, I think my goal is 
just to be as talented as I can be and as musical of a dancer as I can be. Um, I have done some competitions. I don't have specific goals in terms of like, oh, I would love to place first at such and such a competition or um, I would love to make finals at such and such a competition. Um, so I don't have specific goals there, but definitely there's this goal that you know, I can sort of see in myself this potential to be a really amazing dancer. And I mean, I think the potential is there in everyone, but like to be a really amazing dancer in a way that's like specific to me and I guess expressive of who I am. So I really, I would love to get a point where, to a point where I feel like I can really express my ideas musically. Um, in a way that is also like technically accurate or technically um, solid with with a partner or um, just dancing alone. God, I, I sometimes find myself wanting to learn how to tap. Like I just, uh, at my work, we stand all the time and my shoes sometimes make a noise on the floor and I'm like, oh, you know, you start trying to make the tap-a-tap-a type of thing and just kind of wish you would just be able to just pull it out. I, I, it's sad and beautiful that there's only so many things I'll get to make in a lifetime. Sometime I'm gonna die. Sometime I'm not gonna be able to make things. Uh, a multidisciplinary theater piece where uh, where it incorporated, um, you know, conventional style theater acting with uh, dance and movement and music and light, just to uh, using physicality to really create a world and a and a feeling and a almost like an atmosphere that you can feel, that you can breathe in as an audience member. Like, I want to be part of that. I want to, I want to do something like that. So I'm, I'm currently, in, in my next couple of years, really going to try and interrogate that. I've got this big um, <laughs> unsolidified idea of, of touring a, a new work I made um, with, a, with a really brilliant um, dancer, um, Mariana Mainka. Um, to um, to places by canoe on on our traditional canoe route, routes because that really smashes up how we move around and I really want to take council money and do it <laughs> I want to take money that would go for planes and hotels and put it into a canoe and do shows uh, pro bono um, for places that can't afford them in small communities like the one I'm from, and in places that can afford to pay a big venue, they, they can do that. Um, because, um, I mean, like the overlying theme while you're talking with me is really, I, th I think, style. It's a time to be really interrogated. That's when I'm most dissatisfied with my work, is when I've been, when I've found myself play to a style. When really, we're whole people. And, and whatever culture or tradition you come from, we really were. Even you, you take Europe, you don't need to go back that far. Even people of European descent in North America, we all sang, laughed, told jokes, told stories. Some were better at it in, in certain families. And, and that's, you know, that's the situation we call the machine, you know, the, the Western white, machine even even within that we were really whole not that long ago
Um, but yeah, you really have to, um, I, I really feel each other out in, in the most interesting um, animal way where you're almost, you know, and it, 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 I'm sure it looks like that too when you're, you're almost sniffing each other, you're rubbing up against each other. You know, you're, you're getting to know uh, the other person's body, but also, you know, their preferences and how they bend and what, what their will is and what their intention is. You know, if there was a very consistent class, I think I'd, I think I'd go. You know, with some of these new performers coming in and, you know, they're hot, they have these incredible costumes they've dropped all this money on and they come out of nowhere and it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, this is a new person? And it, it kind of makes the people who've been around for a while, you know, myself included, be like, oh shit, like I need to, I need to up my game a little bit, which I think is good. It's good for the scene. You take Lindy Hop, that really comes out uh, of, of sort of just the end of a time. Um, what a beautiful manifestation when it was, it was, when it wasn't just socially um, accepted, but encouraged to go out and dance. And yeah, yeah, maybe you got some moves or whatever, and you're gonna show those off, but it wasn't about being the best. It was about speaking this language. And you could be doing it to attract another mate, or you could be doing it just to goof off with your friends. Man, and it's like, it's so simple how to keep our bodies in shape. You know, you're talking people getting into middle age and beyond, it's like you need at least 20 minutes of cardio three times a week. Well, fuck. You know, 60 years ago, you'd just go out and dance for that three times a week and it would be done. Going around. Thank you, as always, for listening. This episode's contributing voices are Steve Vargo, Lindsay Cochran, N. Lai Moore, Brian Solomon, and Ruby Magnitude. As is the case with every episode, the music was composed and produced by Ron Kelly. If you are enjoying We Muse Aloud, please tell someone about it. Subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at We Muse Aloud, and like us at Facebook.com slash We Muse Aloud. Remember that you can dance if you want to, but it may involve leaving your friends behind. You can always call them later and apologize. They're your friends. They'll understand.